And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Ever since human beings harnessed the power of electricity to make moving pictures, it became part of our nature to use that technology to tell stories that are meaningful to us. When Walt Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was released in 1937, it delighted audiences and introduced a new form of storytelling to many around the world. Widely considered the first animated film ever created, It changed the way stories could be told and innovated on many of the technologies developed to bring movies to the big screen. It inspired a new wave of filmmakers and artists to think beyond what was physically possible and take audiences on journeys beyond their wildest dreams. Even today, 85 years later, talented folks around the globe are creating stories and worlds that push the limits of what's possible and what is considered standard. Whether it's a manga creator strapping us in for a cyberpunk infused thrill ride, a band of computer geniuses taking us into a world where toys come to life, or a passionate group of comic book fans bringing us into the Spider-Verse, one thing is for certain. Animation is a medium like no other and it isn't going anywhere. On today's episode of My Public Life as an American Nerd, we will be discussing this and the year in animation so far. I'm your host Kevin and joining me today as usual is my podcast partner in crime Mr. Christian Nicorda. Hi, how are you? Hello everybody. Good to be here. <laughs> It's good to see you. I'm so happy you're here. Also joining me today as usual my son Elijah. How you doing? Doing good. Good. I'm I'm happy to see you as usual. I've seen you all day, but it's okay. You're doing good. You're doing good. Not that <laughs> at work in school. Yeah. No, we have been at work in school and we have a couple of special guests with us today. Um so our first guest is a uh, you all know him here. Uh he's an amazing podcaster, really really good friend of the show. He hosts the uh, Cinemas podcast with his brother Ben. Um Brandon, thank you for joining us on the My Public Life as an American Nerd podcast today. I'm always happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. And a first timer to the show. Um this so this person I've known for a couple years. We've we used to work together back in the day. Um and I just remember one thing I I I distinctly remember about our time working together is, you know, we're doing ride-alongs together and we would get into really really cool conversations about film, visual effects, animation, all that fun stuff had some of the coolest conversations i ever had um just working at my job um welcome to the show sky thank you for joining us yeah it's great to be here yeah absolutely um so um first actually uh sky we were just talking about this before we kind of started uh, recording a little bit um you went to school for visual effects correct um yeah so i focused on visual effects but graduated in technical art for games and film. So my okay. forte was uh Houdini and pipelines. Very cool. No, that's awesome. And and of course all of us have a passion for 
you know, for animation. And it means a lot to us. And that's obviously why we're doing the podcast today, because, uh, you know, I was actually, you know, inspired to do this podcast. I was actually listening to another podcast called the No Film School podcast. And they had one of the production designers of um, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem on the show. And there he was talking about the evolution of animation and and kind of how it's you know how they create it you know um and how they all have their distinct styles no matter how how you know i guess distilled you can call it but how dis- however distilled they seem they every animated film you can think of has its own unique style and voice for the most part and there's so many people like that that play into it and there's so many moving pieces to make this beautiful piece of art happen on screen um We'll get more into that and 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 the year in um, animation so far. Um, but first, I kind of just want to go around the table here, and I kind of want to talk. I don't necessarily, you know, I mean, we all love animation, so we don't have to get too deep into the woods of of, of our relationship with animation because I feel like that would just be, you know, that that's a lot to to take in. What I want to do is kind of go around the table and talk about um, first, just to kind of get a good introduction with everybody. What was the first? Not necessarily the first animated film you remember seeing, but what was the first animated film you saw that made you really understand the medium that made you realize like, hey, like this medium is something really cool and unique. And it's something that that you can do anything with. And and so, you know, what was that one movie that kind of started your fascination with animation? Um, so Actually, Eli, I want you to go first. Oh dear God! Okay, <laughs> what was? Do you remember the first animated movie you saw that you were just like, "Wow, this is like really, really cool"? And again, it doesn't necessarily have to be the first animated movie that you saw in general, but I mean, and it can be too. But do you remember I, any moments like that? The I don't remember like which was the first animated movie I actually saw, but I remember like the first one that like opened my eyes and was like and really brought me into this medium and was like this medium is really great and it was the star wars the clone wars okay which was well obviously wasn't my first thing because you guys had probably shown me like Coraline, paranorman yes all those halloween like halloween-esque movies before yeah we showed you cars and all that stuff as well oh yeah no wait (laughs) cars actually that's what i was waiting for for sure so so cars was really i remember cars was your first obsession when it came to animation like cars was everywhere i know christian loves cars um it's like his favorite Favorite. pixar movies um it's the best it's the best yes (laughs) um Uh, all three question mark of them yes there's three of them there's three of them so cars was kind of your first uh, dive into that um so christian let's move on to you um what was kind of your first kind of foray into animation as far as looking seeing it as a legitimate art form and something that excited you um i i have so i'll kind of get into this in a second i have a very uh, deep relationship with animation uh for a long time so it's hard for me to pinpoint the first thing because i think animation is just always i i can't remember the first thing it's just always been right part of my life but one thing i remember i'm old so i was born in 82 in the <laughs> 80s we would have first of all there was this cartoon spider-man and his friends where it was like spider-man Iceman, and like uh, i forget what her name was uh 
Firefly or something. Um, uh, but, Spider Spider Woman was in that show. No, no, no. <laughs> they like created like this. It's yeah. her. Oh yeah, you're right. She's like a Human Torch esque. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 you're right. So, um, I had this I'm muting like, myself again. It was like this oh, little. Um, oh god, I'm pantomiming right now. But it was like this little thing where you could like hand crank the. You could put in a cartridge and it has like like 30 <laughs> seconds of animation. Um, there you go. Her. Um, but it was. It was a scene out of this and it was an action shot, but I could play it forwards and backwards and I could see it like frame by frame. And I remember I would always stop and just stare at it on that like key. Action I remember that, yeah. Spider-Man. Um, but yeah, I was just, I was obsessed since I was, I can't, can't remember. Like the first time I cried at a movie was Dumbo. Like that was uh, the first time I was emotional at a movie, but um, you know, uh, but yeah, I have a, a very, very deep, relationship but my i currently am like teaching sky i'm curious what school did you go to by the way um i went to utah valley university utah okay so, that's cool yeah so not that great but that's okay that's that's awesome no, that's man. cool it, all you know here's the thing about art school it Wolverines. <laughs> all that matters yeah. is your portfolio so um, but yeah, I teach I teach um, at the art center down here. I teach at Brainstorm and CGMA. So I primarily teach animation students, video game students, um, previous students that are getting into like concept art. Um, I've I've taught in animation uh, and game art since two thousand and five. Um, I I studied animation in school. I have credit on two Disney movies um, and some other TV shows that I I forgot existed, um, but. Uh, you know that's it's a big part of me i i just i think animation when it comes down to it is like the purest form of like storytelling when it comes to like film right because like when you are shooting and i'm not like trying to discredit like like live action film but you know sometimes when you shoot you get like the luxury of like a happy accident like oh shit like i never planned on this but like wow that was incredible that that happened and we just happened to catch it on film when you look at animation, every corner of the frame that you're looking at, every pebble of sand that you looked at had to be designed. You know, somebody had to work on that stuff. And like, I think it's like the ultimate control of storytelling. You know, like every frame is like. Everything has purpose in animation. Exactly. exactly. Like there's not- nothing is free. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, 100%. Um, Brandon, what's your... um? What's your kind of gateway drug into animation and what kind of kind of lead led you down that path? Um, I, I'd say that there's two that come to mind, maybe, maybe three. But uh, the first one is the first movie I ever saw in a movie theater uh, and still my favorite animated movie of all time, which is uh, Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Um, I. I oftentimes joke with my wife. I'm like, wow, I can't believe Disney didn't just like pack it up after this. Like, in my opinion, they've never topped it. I don't think I've seen anything that's come close. Maybe Lion King. That's about as close as I think they've gotten. Um, But just, I mean, I rewatch it frequently. Um, And just a couple of years ago, I got to watch it with my daughter for her first time. And like, I was like sobbing by the end, just like watching her reactions to it. Um, so yeah, Beauty and the Beast has always been like this movie that is kind of like a comfort movie. It's the one of the first movies that I like really connected with. My parents took me to see it when I was really young. Um, 
But the other movie, and I'm I was kind of sitting here thinking, you know, what's you know, obviously I, I credit Beauty and the Beast for being like the first movie I saw, one that kind of set me on a path of like loving movies. But what's the one that made me go, oh wow, like animation can do that? And in my mind, it was Wallace and Gromit, the lo- uh, the wrong trousers. Okay, which nice. That's um, awesome. I love Wallace and Gromit. I have since I was a kid, and I remember I rented the VHS tape from the library, and had no idea what it was, and I just was like, "Oh, this looks cool," and we rented it, and I watched it, and I watched through. And if I remember right, there was like a thing towards the end, maybe during the credits, where you could see um their hands kind of like moving the pieces mm. and showing you how the claymation was yes. done and that exploded my brain out the back of my head <laughs> that this that like what to me when i was like i don't know 8 or 9 years old at the at the most looked like in in many ways similar to other movies that i had seen was not actually drawn it was created in a different way and um, I think that has really set off my love of creative animation and animation that finds new and interesting ways to kind of like deliver its style, whether it's claymation, whether it's um, something as simple as like, you know, Into the Spider-Verse or uh, like Puss in Boots that kind of like animates in a unique way or Ninja Turtles, which you mentioned earlier, or even something like perfect blue or um, like Disney's Destino. Like I think about those things in these like really unique ways to um, ex- to create expression in film using animation. And to me, like Wallace and Gromit in my mind is kind of the first like turning point where I was like, this is not just drawing by hand. This is animation encompasses so many different styles of of art so those are the two that i would probably point to for sure nice sky you're up what what was your what was your uh, entry into the animation world um well i was raised on disney cartoons um i think i watched dumbo like 400 times (laughs) and um i i don't know i i always loved it I, I've always loved art. I've always like drawn or um, sculpted. Um, my dad worked at Intel, so we had computers early on. And uh, by the time I was in junior high, I was uh, pirating software to do 3D modeling and... Okay. Um, and animation so i don't know i think maybe well those early childhood experiences were really formative and kind of uh guided me towards this and then i i want to say the early pixar films um like maybe i mean toy story for sure but i think i feel like monsters inc was around the age when i was like wait like I, this is so cool. I can I I could do some of this maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. 
Okay. No, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I think we all kind of have our different entryways for, for me personally, um, like Christian brought up earlier, you know, we're older. So like, you know, grew up in the eighties a lot. And I remember, you know, I, I, I knew like, I knew Disney, obviously everyone knew what Disney was. And, you know, I, it just almost felt like it was just kind of part of life. Like those movies. Um, I, 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 I remember the first, the first movie I remember ever seeing in theaters um, was land before time not Disney, obviously, but for a long time in the eighties, especially for me specifically, I didn't even, <clears throat> it's so weird. I didn't even associate Steven Spielberg with live action movies it was always like Land Before Time and An American Tale was Steven Spielberg. Like that to me, like that started my love of not only Steven Spielberg, but also started my love of uh, animation in general. I remember the first movie I ever cried in was An American Tale. Like oh, it, uh, I grew up with just my sister mm-hmm. and like it was like. I, I couldn't even fathom that idea of being separated like that. Like that was just the most horrible like depressing thing ever like just that idea and and i remember that's when my first real emotion towards animation started was with an american tale and land before time when you know uh littlefoot's mom at the beginning you know that scene is just it's just so depressing but also so beautiful at the same time and i realized that as a kid like that you can make you can draw these beautiful moving uh, you know, beautiful and depressing and, and moving things in, in any, you know, in animation and, and make it dinosaurs, make it, you know, mice, make it whatever you wanted to make it. Like it didn't have to be people. It didn't have to be real. You know, you weren't dealing with real, you were dealing with real emotions, but it wasn't real life. If that makes sense. Right. Like it was, it was this other world that was so far kind of disassociate. I was able to disassociate myself from it in that sense. Um, so had a real emotional experience with that. And then, uh, you know, 90s Disney, late 80s, early 90s Disney, Little Mermaid was like the the first, it was the first animated movie where I realized like it was a job, like people did this. Like that's insane well, to me. Or I, you know, I know I have the aerial tattoo. Like I, that movie like inspired me so much to be like, you know, I want to be an animator. Like I wanted you know, Ariel was the first character I learned to draw because of that movie. Like that's what set me on my path to really, really be fascinated with animation and, and just the, the medium as a whole and, and realizing that I could do something like that as a job, as a, you know, as a career. Um, and it just blew my mind that people could do that. And, and, and um, you know, and then you have things like Beauty and the Beast, you know, Brandon, like you brought up, and I think that's such a perfect you know, when using technology and, um, you know, advancing technology in a way that's that, that, you know, they obviously Disney had been working with CGI for a long time at that point, you know, even Aladdin, there was the, the CGI stuff through the came of cave of wonders and stuff, but they really like perfected it with Beauty and the beast, the ballroom scene and everything was just gorgeous. Um, but yeah, it just struck me that you can you can do anything with that. You know, things like Nightmare Before Christmas was my Wallace and Gromit. You know, like just the idea of being able to do the stop motion thing with with puppets, and it wasn't just hand drawn; it could be anything. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my entryway into it as well. Um, so let's talk about this year so far. 
with animated movies because there's actually been quite a few good ones. There's been some that haven't been so great, but you know, I think as far as uh, technology goes and as far as um, the way they look, I don't think there's been anything particularly that has been um, bad when it comes to visual effects or when it comes to just rendering or production design or anything like that. I think they all kind of, they're all pretty solid. Some do, you know, some experiment a little bit more, some do a little bit different things. Um, so I know some of us on the show were fans of it. Some of us aren't so big fans of it, but I kind of want to start a little bit this, you know, talking about movies this year, animated movies with, um, I think, I feel like the Super Mario Brothers movie was the first like big oh, yeah. we got this year. I know how Brandon feels about that one. Um, <laughs> As soon as you said, some of us are fans, some of us are, I was like, he's going to talk about Mario. Isn't <laughs> <laughs> no. So, I mean, you know, what are their thoughts? You know, it's like, it, it, it again, we're all of opinions, you know, whatnot. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, it's a great movie. Like, I mean, I thought it was fun. I had a good time with it, but it's not like Pixar level stuff or anything like that. Um, so did you all get it? I know Brandon got a chance to see. I know um, Christian saw it. Did you see it, Sky, at all? Um, yeah. I saw it. Oh, yeah. So, um, so let's just talk about it real quick. Let's just get this one out of the way before we get to the really, really big, the, the really juicy stuff coming up. Um, so what did we you all, all think about? Coming. Yeah. What did you all think about Super Mario Brothers movie this month? <laughs> Christian, you go first. I'll start. Um, I thought, uh, I honestly, when you brought it up, I was like, oh, yeah, that came out this year. Not that it's like a horrible movie or anything. I will say this visually, it's stunning. It's a gorgeous movie to look at. Uh, like, technically speaking, animation wise, all of the, I don't know, all the effects, I thought it was gorgeous. Uh, really, really well done. Uh, story, you know, I think it was perfectly serviceable. I thought it was a, a baby, a, the safe script to go with, very safe uh, yeah. to make uh, everybody happy. Um, I think I think for a long time people thought this was going to be. This came out so early in the year, and this is going to be the biggest like box office thing of the year. Um, we weren't ready for Barbenheimer, uh, but you know, uh, but you know, I thought it was it was perfectly fine. Um, I I don't like uh, amongst the other animated movies that came out this year i completely forgot that that was one of them so um but yeah no absolutely 100 so um but I it was fun it was a fun movie and i would recommend it <laughs> absolutely absolutely i thought so too but i think um brandon tell us because I, I do agree with you right like i agree with your reasoning for it you know not maybe reaching the potential that it could right because storytelling has evolved so much in animation that it could you know this this it, they could have done uh, well, so first let's let's talk about your kind of specific issues with with super mario brothers movie. uh most of my issues just revolve around narrative that mm. i think and i think christian kind of hit my my problem with it like i think that it's safe and i think that it's i think that it's fine i think the animation looks really good <clears throat> uh but i I'm trying to remember how long it is because I remember feeling like it's no, no, it's 93. Yeah, but I remember taking my daughter to see it and she was kind of checking out. Okay. You saw it. So, <laughs> cool. um, yeah. and she's five. So, um, if my five year old's checking out of a Mario movie, um, the, that's, that's probably an issue. 
Um, <clears throat> my other thing that has to do with mainly this, this is separate, but part of the Mario thing. This is my opinion. And we'll probably mm-hmm. come back to this in a few different um, ways right. is that I don't like the look of illumination movies across the board. I think that they all look like they all share the same exact world, like that the Super Mario Brother movies is taking in the same place or is, is taking place in the same world as Despicable Me and the Secret Life of Pets and the Lorax. Like they don't feel like separate and distinct worlds, or ecosystems, environments, cities, people. They all kind of look very similar. When I saw Mario, yes, that looks like Mario. It looks like Bowser. It looks like Peach. But it also looks like Illumination's version mm-hmm. of Mario, Bowser, right, Peach, right. which is fine. I mean, I'm I'm not going to sit here and be like, they should have done, you know. Um, I think that they actually did a, a good job with the animation, especially um, the environments. The way that the the light in that movie works is, is really, really well done. Um, but in terms of like character design, not just in Mario, but across all of Illumination's films, I don't like that it feels like they all kind of have that same look to them. I gotcha. To kind of continue on that whole thing, I totally have that vibe with all the Illumination movies. Like it's a, these are films that were like committee made. You know what I mean? Like, yes. These are all things that like have tested to be like the most, the, 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 to give us the best outcome, like the widest reach, you know, these are the safest jokes. Like this is, you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't feel like a labor of love ever. Not to or say that these people art. aren't working like, you know, yeah, their asses off. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they are. And it's uh, the work is right in front of us. But, you know, it's like every joke. It's like, oh, like every direction. It's like, oh, yeah, but dang, you know what I mean? Like you see like where, where that could be fun or like unique. And like you see the like, oh, of course we were going to end up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, and, but then it's a it's a movie for you know yeah. it's a movie for eight year olds. So right. I'm yeah. not gonna no, sit I... here and be like, where's the nuance? Yeah. Where's... <laughs> so and and uh, Sky uh, Sky, did you did you see it? I yeah, I did. I did see it. Um okay. and I, I have to agree. Um I think it's pretty safe, like narrative wise. They could have done a lot more. It was fun though. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm just biased as a technical artist and someone who does a lot of rendering but i thought it was so pretty Mm, yes like the the material pipeline and the rendering workflow they had for that film uh was really gorgeous and i like every time i wanted to pause and like look at some of those materials to to just see how they worked Mm. But I mean, beyond that, like the animation was really good too. Uh, there were some innovative things they did um, with like mesh manipulation and um, like in 3D getting some like, uh, what are those smears? Yeah. Um, there was some cool stuff. And that, that kind of thing is a little harder to do in 3D. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it's funny when you guys were talking about that, I actually had an epiphany and I was like, wait, like, I don't like any illumination movies. 
<laughs> like not as an epiphany, but like, as you guys were talking, I was like, wait, I can't think of one that I can point out and be like, yeah, that was great. Like I do, I do agree. And I do feel like, again, it's like, for me, it's just a nostalgia factor, right? Like that's the the biggest, you know, the hardest drug that Hollywood is selling right now, right? Nostalgia. And it worked for me on that aspect, but like, I just love Mario and it was like, you know, I, I just love the the character. And I think that's what really sucked me in. But I, I, I do think it was really pretty though. Like I do think it looked great. It, they did a lot of great work on it and it, it, it um, but I think overall it just did kind of fall, like, you know, couldn't have reached its potential. Um, <clears throat> so let's just skip ahead to like the, I think the two like main ones that, that came out this year that really kind of blew people's minds and, and really kind of took, you know, evolved animation as a medium to the next level. And of course, you know, we had five years ago, we had Into the Spider-Verse, which obviously brought it to a new level. Um, but yeah, I feel like Across the Spider-Verse topped that in every way and and kind of like, you know, did everything that the first one did, but even better. Um, so I know we all watch Spider-Verse and, and, and I'm pretty sure we're all on the same page. Let's go around the table here and talk about... <laughs> Don't you dare, Christian. Um, <laughs> Not now. So let's, Not this one. <laughs> let's just go on with Spider-Verse and just, just talk about what are the things that kind of stood out to us and what were the things that that really kind of, um, you know, made us love this movie. Um, Eli, we'll, we'll or Christian, let's start with you. Um, what were those things for you? I know like, there's a ton of stuff, but. Yeah. So just like we, we can't talk about um, Across the Spider-Verse without talking about Into the Spider-Verse and how much of right. an effect Into the Spider-Verse has had on Western animation in the last five years. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I would say in the last, like, maybe 20 years it's one of the most important things to happen in animation um this this side of the pacific you know what i mean um yeah. the big thing we're not talking about is japanese animation i like you know what i mean obviously at some point we have to we have to like talk about miyazaki we have to talk about it uh, yeah of course eventually of course. but miyazaki, when we're talking about like western animation i think like again within the last 20 years and it's all within like really the last five years across the spider-verse arcane shake oh, everything yes. up right redefined animation as everybody understood we didn't like before this i think like mario still the effect of that that's what 3d just been looking like it's just really pretty right like really 3d but like to be able to pull back and still like actually try to like capture some of the concept art feel and like let things feel painterly um you know what i mean on top of like animating on the twos which is a lot of fun to see, um, which is kind of weird every time you see it, because like I only saw it from across the Spider-Verse and now it's like, and I don't get me wrong. I love it. Like Puss in Boots, come on, is like to me, the best animation. Into the Spider-Verse. Um, Miles before becoming Spider-Man was doing a different yeah. speed than all the others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Frame so rates, all that using stuff. Using the frame rates to like, as a, as a tool of storytelling is incredible. Like it's just animation push to the nine so like of course we were going to see the progression in across the spider-verse and like it's it's almost i haven't seen it a second time um and i like i'm dying to see it again and i just like it's such uh it's it was distractingly beautiful I, i'll say that mm -hmm. like i was so blown away by what i was seeing and what i was hearing that i was taking out of the movie right this that's also that happened with Ninja Turtles 2 for a different reason. We'll talk about that when we get to it. Um, but 
Um, with yeah, Across the Spider Verse is just a work of art. It's just gorgeous. And like, I I know I'm not the first to say this, but yeah. man, when <laughs> this third yeah. movie comes out, we're we're looking at one of the greatest like trilogies of all time. Like really? uh, everybody's already, especially for Spider Man. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. That's, that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot too. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Eli, what were some of your takeaways from Spider Verse? I really love how like each like each of the Spider Man's different home like dimensions had their each unique art style in a sort of way. Mm-hmm. And I really like how Earth Forty Two had like that more dingy, like the more purple to it. Yeah, it was not as bright as our mile like the current like any of the other universes that we've been to or dimensions Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah no definitely um yeah it changed you know just the different worlds that they were entering and stuff like that how they kind of became their own worlds which was really really cool um and even the characters that 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 didn't belong in those worlds they made fit into those worlds which is just something like, like next level spider people in miguel's pretty yeah. much had their own unique art style absolutely absolutely uh brandon i know you're a big fan of this movie as well take it away yeah i um so in the you know i i've grew up a comic book reader um spider-man has always been the like one comic book that i was really attached to and really um focused on on reading i read spider-man basically from the time i was like 13 12 all the way up through college till i got married and was like oh i don't really have time to read comics as much anymore um but and so watching across the spider-verse um you know i had heard okay this is like so amazing the animation is is incredible and I remember going into it thinking, how how much better can you get from Into the Spider-Verse? Because, like, that's one of the best animated movies I had ever seen. Um, so, like, how much better can you get? <clears throat> and the second that we go into Gwen's world, I was like, oh. Oh, okay. So, like this. Um, and it was fulfilling for a number of reasons. One is that it instantly took me back to um, when I read the <clears throat> the Spider-Verse um, kind of crossover event that they did back in, I think it was 2013, um, where they introduced basically all of these Spider-Man characters in their own books and in this kind of like large Spider-Man crossover story that was really, really cool. Basically these like, kind of like ancient demon type people are like eating the Spider-Man from these oh, different yeah. dimensions. Yeah. And so to introduce us to them, each of them kind of got their own origin story comic book that we got to to read. And that's when Spider-Gwen or Ghost Spider, whatever kicked off because her book was like phenomenal and it looked really cool. And I could see the influence immediately on the style of that book on her world, which I loved to see. That was so cool right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And then when the Da Vinci Vulture showed up, oh, I was a hundred percent sold on this movie. I was like, this is the most fascinating way to animate a movie I've ever seen. They took they took the idea of and they did this, you know, they, they obviously did this in Into the Spider-Verse, but what they did is they like 10X'd it and they said 
every single universe has its own unique Spider-Man with a unique style. And, you know, Elijah just mentioned this, but instead of just having them inside their world with that style, they brought that style to them. And in retrospect, it kind of like they kind of like retroactively changed Gwen's look a little bit. But I think that that works and I'm totally on board with them doing that. Um, But it just gave every Spider-Man it's like this feeling of um, like tangibility. They all felt like they had a like a, a backstory in a world that like I feel like I could, you know, watch Spider Wolf or I feel like I can watch spider-man popsicles world you know like i see all these different spider-man and because so much yeah so much time and care and attention went into the design of each of them Mm -hmm. that you go wow a there's so much love for spider-man here but b i feel like i'm watching millions of stories converge in this in this film that's not even to talk about its themes and narratives and how in my opinion this movie is punching comic book nerds in the face and percent oh, all of your slobbering over canon and what uh who should and shouldn't be a superhero and what we should adhere to in our stories like you know f off you know like that's yeah. not how it works anymore it's not oh well back in the comics this it's not that anymore like these are unique stories and they should be told and um there should be more freedom in superhero storytelling I so. feel like Stanley would agree with you 100%. Oh, Stanley yeah. didn't want these to be like concrete 100% things. He wanted it he wanted his storyteller staff freedom and be able to do like not fully what they want but to a degree yeah. what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I mean for as long as we've had superhero movies, right? Like the comic book fans have been like, "Well, that's not what happened." Or they changed that and that's not what it looks like. And it's like, "Who cares, dude? Who cares?" Prime example, Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, uh, absolutely. No, for sure. Um, Sky, I know, I know you watch this movie. I know you love this movie. Um, tell us a little bit about what you loved about it. Yeah, well, I, I was blown away by the first movie. Um, <clears throat> it really, to me, marked a kind of milestone in animation. I think, like, was what was being said um almost a new era where we're kind of coming back around to integrate techniques uh from 2d into um a a more unified pipeline uh, which is really exciting for me right now i design well i designed a course that i teach at university um that focuses on 3D integration and 2D pipelines. And we talk a lot about Spider-Verse uh, in that class. Um, the second film blew me away right away. Like immediately. I was, I think this was mentioned before, I was distracted by its beauty almost. Um, maybe that's just my own like uh tech technical artist brain mm-hmm. like wanting to know how everything works um but really really gorgeous the fusion of styles the narrative 
um, really inspiring as an artist. Uh, it really showed me that like there is a future here, um, and and we can we can innovate even in Hollywood, mm-hmm. which sometimes it seems like it's hard to do. Um, and I mean, also coming back to that narrative thing and all the comic book nerds, uh, one of my favorite headcanons for this film uh, as a trans woman is that uh, Gwen in this film tends to show a lot of trans imagery, which is really exciting. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, no, I, I I don't think I have much more to add than than what you guys have already said. I remember the first one came out and people were like, look, like I so I think when that movie came out, no one was really sure what to expect. Right. Like it was one of those things where people were like, it, it was another Spider-Man movie. No, you know, Tom Holland had just, you know, come out with 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 that Spider-Man movie. People were like, what's going on with Spider-Man? Like, I know a lot of the common consensus at the time was why do we need another Spider-Man movie? Which I, I wasn't on board with per se, but I didn't rush out to see it when it came out. And people were telling me, they're like, you know, they compared it to like, you know, the biggest, one of the biggest thing I heard was that it's the biggest animated animation leap since Toy Story. Like it actually changed, it is going to change the way animation is done, the way animation is seen, it the way animation is. Um, yeah, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I believed that until I went to go see it. And I was like, yeah, like this is the next evolution of animation. Like this is where animation is going to head. And it, the first one specifically did, you know, kind of start a new wave of all these movies that that were a little bit more uh, unique and, and the different ways to tell a story. And they were a little, I, I don't even want to say this in a bad way, a little bit more messy, right? Like they were able to have fun with the stories and the characters and the worlds. And not everything was as kind of, clean and cut as 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 they used to be like you know pixar had you know kind of perfected that really clean really cool like you know um sky you had brought up monsters inc earlier you know with all the hairs on you know sully right like they perfected certain techniques made everything so perfect and pristine and 100 percent um where everything had to mesh so well together spider-verse to me like really kind of took that idea and kind of threw it in the trash because you had all these like we are all saying before, you had all these different worlds meshing together that shouldn't work, but it worked. And they took the risks and they they kind of took perfection and said, no, nah, like we don't need that in our movie. Let's make this again. I don't say this in a bad way at all, but let's make it sloppy. Let's make it, you know, let's make it crazy. Let's make it unique. Let's make it unlike some, you know, anything anyone had ever seen before. Um, and that was the but first it, one. The second, what's that? Yeah, I was going to say to that point, what it did is it gave that kind of like pop art comic book style to it where you know when you'd get especially you know as someone who has read so many issues of the old spider-man comics that were you know printed in the way that they were where sometimes you've got your lines and the coloring are not matching up you know there's overlap and you can see those same things at play in that film it's it's Mm -hmm. amazing Absolutely. 100%. And the second one just took it to the next level. Like it, uh, like you were saying, Brandon, like when the vulture first comes into like Gwen's world, like, it's just this, like, like uh, it's just incredible the way it meshes. Um, and it should, I think I said, no, I think I said no way out loud. Yeah. I was like, no, honestly, I actually did too. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. 
Absolutely. It's just like this crazy thing. And then you're in, you're like 100% in, you're there. And that movie was just from beginning to end, like it, it, it did everything it needed to do. And, and it does what a good sequel does. It builds off the original and, you know, kind of took what they started and built on that and made it bigger and made it, you know, more epic in a weird way, in a way, um, which was fantastic to see. Uh, so yeah, I I really love Spider Verse. Still, to me, this year is still hands down my my top like animated film of the year. Um, Christian um, is yelling at me for some reason for that, but um, <laughs> but it, no way. <laughs> we're gonna talk about the next one. We're gonna talk about I think what might be Christian's favorite animated movie of the year soon. No. <laughs> You're muted. I don't know if you know that. Are you trying to talk? I was like, I wasn't sure if you were yelling at me through. Um, Sorry, I was farting. So I'm like, let me mute my microphone really quick. I'm just kidding. Um, classy. I classy. Saying, um, no, it was definitely Spider-Verse is my. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, there have been a few other animated films, you know, kind of between Spider-Verse and Ninja Turtles. Like I personally really, really enjoyed Nimona which was an animated film on Netflix. I thought that was beautifully done. Um, did you guys, did any of you all get a chance to see that? I've no, seen half of Nimona. Okay. I thought, I thought Nimona was great. Uh, Sky, did you say you have seen it or you're not sure? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I need to look that up. Okay. No, it's on Netflix. Um, it's, I thought it was really well done. I thought the story was beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. And Nimona, she just reminds me of, our, my daughter she reminds me of ellie she's like a little ellie oh yeah. like, this one with, is on my list it's so, so it's, good so it's good okay oh yeah i i i absolutely adored it i thought it was great um it was a lot of fun uh and it's it's one of those that got so initially blue sky was working on it um when they were part of fox uh when disney bought fox they scrapped it because it does have gay themes in it so there's a gay kiss between the king and or the the print the main prince and his boyfriend and yeah exactly disney got cold feet and they literally scrapped it because of that Um, but then uh, there's also a lot of um um i've only seen about half of it so i'm trying to remember but a lot of the like dialogue thematically for nimona as a character is Is non-binary non-gender conforming even though it doesn't say that explicitly which which is cool the way that she's like you know he's asking her like what are you because she can shapeshift and she's like i'm nimona and that's yes and and he's trying to like pin her down like to understand her and she's like i don't have to be anything in particular other than myself which i think is uh it's a great message and I've only seen half of it. I, I'm looking forward to finishing it. Oh, yeah. I started watching it yesterday and then I didn't get to finish it. Yeah, it's it's great. It's fantastic. And it has all those themes in it. And Disney got cold feet. Netflix picked it up, put it out there. And it's uh, I'm glad that it exists because it's yeah. incredible. Grow, I Grow some balls, Disney. 100%. For real. <laughs> absolutely. 100%. And they need to start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's move on to um, it's funny. There's no um, Disney movies on this list yet. Uh, Cause the one I kind of want to talk about hasn't even come out yet. Um, but we uh, had kinda, elemental this year. We did. Oh, elemental. Mm. I thought was really well done. I actually really, really loved elemental. I thought elemental was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate the song in that movie. And part of that is probably just because my kids have watched it so many times. <laughs> Um, but I was really impressed with the animation in it. Um, 
And this is a this is a theme for me. You'll probably see that like when there's like an unconventional style of designing characters or animation. And so I liked kind of that weird like like where the the fire characters, for example, look very like flat. Oh, that was yeah. they're like flaming. And then <clears throat> um, even though I, I just I don't, I don't like his character, the water guy. His name oh what's his name wade wade yeah wade yeah um that was pretty cool and and a lot of the kind of uh the way that the environments like pixar is always really good at like yes kind of like pushing how their environments are designed and to see them take like environmental like pieces and place them within characters you know like wood characters air characters um i i thought was was cool to to watch um, I also have not finished it. I, which I mean, <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it probably three times, but just in various pieces as I've walked in and out of rooms while right. my kids are watching it. Um, so then you probably watched it all together. You just have to put the pieces together. Yeah, I, I feel like there's maybe like five minutes that I haven't seen because I'm very confused about a couple things. But um, for the most part, yeah, I feel like I've seen the whole thing. That's good. That's good. Kind of surprised that you you sat through Killers of the Flower Moon. I did. No animated movie so Me? far. <laughs> yeah, you're you saying Brent. that because I've sat through Killers of the Flower Moon, but I can't finish an animated yeah. movie. <laughs> it's because it, in those situations, I've been at the at the um, mercy of my kids. And when we watched right. Elemental, right. we did it for like a movie night, and it was like, oh, it's time for bed, but they got 45 minutes left. We'll watch the 45 minutes tomorrow. Well, they watched 45 <laughs> minutes without dad. And uh, and then Nimona filthy little traitors. Yeah. So <laughs> and then it was kind of the same thing with Nimona yesterday. So I was gonna finish it today before we did this, uh, but I forgot. So. I hear you, uh, Sky. You were gonna say. Oh, I'll, oh, I was just gonna say I need to watch Elemental and saying that I have sat through Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh, you did too. Okay, I it's did. amazing, incredible. Yeah. I want to. Can I talk about a movie that I have not seen? Please. But I have questions. I, I'm more interested to kind of like throw this to the group mm-hmm. um, because there's two people here that are way smarter than I am when it comes to animation. Um, and I think, um, Kevin, you and I may have actually talked about this. So, my, my I have two, so I have three kids. Um, I have two girls, three and five, and then I have a, a one year old boy. Uh, but my two daughters love, um, Miraculous, Ladybug, Cat Noir, mm. oh. and um, like superhero stuff. They've always loved superhero stuff, and for them, like that show is like perfect little superhero show. Yeah, my daughter loves, yeah. Um, and the animation on it is very clearly like uh, referencing and anim- like anime is a very heavy influence on the show. Yes, I have <laughs> seen bits and pieces, and it yeah, very heavily is. So it's it's and it's it's based in france it's it's a french show that's mm-hmm. kind of like translated into english and dubbed in english for american audiences um which is why some of the jokes just have they just can't land because they're yeah. french jokes um but this year netflix made a ladybug cat and cat noir movie yes and the animation is different in it they changed the look of the characters mm-hmm. to go from their very like anime style anime look the the 3d anime look to more of a disney dreamworks style look right and i am 
I mean, I don't, I don't know if I have like a specific thought about this. I just find it so interesting that uh, Netflix felt like they needed to make that they have enough data clearly on this show that people w- would want to watch it, a Ladybug Cat Noir movie, but then went and changed the animation to somehow make it more palatable when the audience that would have watched it anyway had yeah. already been watching that animation. My question is, why do you guys think that they did that? And do you think that that says something about how Netflix views its audience? Um, I have two opinions on this. One, I, I see where you're coming from, Um, but it might have been like on their end. Like, dude, we've been dying to redesign this because we feel like our designs are so old. Like they are ugly. A, I will not. Yeah. Lie about so that. maybe they were like, this is a perfect opportunity for us to update everything. Right. Okay. Like, because like it's gone, we, we've been doing this for a while. We've gotten us this far. Like maybe it's time for us to like, take this into like the next, we can evolve yeah. our models. Right. Okay. It, Cause it just does look like, like your, your kind of generic Pixar, you know, character face. Mm-hmm. Um, um, or it was, it's exactly what you said. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. Um, them kind of just i don't know um but i i i would kind of from the artist standpoint i would probably assume that like oh this is let's do it like this is it's just like the paw patrol movie like, it's like we're gonna like, have the budget to, to update yeah. the looks here it's shinier now it's newer now you know it's uh we've got a bigger budget so let's because yeah, i i think I mean, like oh go ahead no you go ahead go for it um yeah, I don't know. Like that that kind of thing is kind of hard to know unless you're at the studio right. sometimes, I think. So, um, it's a, of course I'm assuming. Yeah, but it does seem like there is a trend for like western studios to shy away from anime aesthetics. Mhm. Mhm. So, I don't know why that is. Um like even the live action anime films, they they could like Corridor Crew does better at live action anime than any mm. of these big studios when they try to. So I, I don't know what's going One on piece by chance. Have I seen what? One piece. Uh, yeah. So, well, I didn't see all of it yet, but um, I did. And I thought that they could have done better actually, because they have a shot for shot from the manga already, so why don't they use that? Mm-hmm. To be fair, it is very difficult to take something from either manga or anime and make it into live action, especially in these big cartoony like movements like Luffy's Gum Gum Fruit mm-hmm. or Zoro's Three Sword Style or hopefully in the next season, Ace's Flame Flame Fruit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I totally agree. And and what, what I think might happen is something similar to what's happening in animation with uh, Spider-Verse, where we can take a fusion of techniques to like anime-esque live action um, mm-hmm. in a more interesting way. Um, when you mentioned that, Sky, I, it makes me think about Scott Pilgrim versus the world, right? Where mm-hmm. they... And, and I, I think that it's just um, like having the the like, I don't know, like courage or willingness to just like challenge audiences to see something that they're not used to seeing. Um, I think 
you know, my opinion on this Ladybug Cat Noir thing is they want to get as many people to watch this movie as possible. So they shy away from the kind of like goofy look of the TV show to make something that does look more like a Disney character or a Pixar character or whatever. Um, And what's interesting is that my daughters were not interested in watching the movie because they almost didn't even recognize the characters. My daughter, she, she watched it, but she, her biggest complaint was that they changed the animation style. Yeah. Like she hated Um, that. And so when I think about translating animation into live action to kind of like follow your guys conversation around one piece which uh, i don't even know anything about that shit. you're talking about flaming fruit and i'm like oh, okay cool um, but you know when i when you think about like translating th- uh anime into live action i think that scott pilgrim does a good job of that by being willing to embrace the fantasy embrace the artifice of an outlandish nature of what anime does and provides now most of that style comes from video games and like video game stuff styles um but i think that that is a good example of what i would hope like a live action anime or speed racer another good example i was i was exactly gonna say that because i mean we can't talk about this without talking about the wachowskis because like with that they already talked about how there was a big main influence of the matrix um and of course speed racer like boom you know, super underrated, by the way. Oh my gosh. Speed Racer, like, absolutely. Criminally. It's like the second best like anime to live action <laughs> adaptation. Yeah, it's great. After yeah. what? What's number one? One Piece. One Piece. Oh, oh One Piece. <laughs> I thought you were gonna oh, say one, uh, one Piece Dragon Ball really Evolution. Good. I will say that. It's it's quite good. It is it is goofy though. But see it. That's the good part. It still keeps the same charm of the anime. It doesn't shy away from the goofiness. <laughs> I yeah, agree. No. I agree. My my main complaint is the costumes. But the costumes are accurate. <laughs> but they're they look cheap to me. Yeah. But they I are agree. accurate. <laughs> and whether it be from the Yeah, market, but I mean you can have quality accurate anime. Except for Buggy. Buggy is just buggy. They, they spent all their budget on his like Mr. Fantastic Powers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All I know is that there's a kid who has long arms. <laughs> um, but what were you going to say important. about Speed Racer? Were you, did you have a spit? Or were you? Oh, I was just going to say that Speed Racer is another good example of taking. Okay. It, but it's also at the same time a good example of that audiences don't seem to, they want they don't want to be challenged visually, and that's why I think we find so much uh, Hollywood nestling into safety where you get this homogenization of looks in animation how every single illumination movie looks the same every single disney animation movie in my opinion looks the same so So, um, i do think part of that is the audience but i i personally think the main driver behind that is actually the investment firms like it's a risk, sure yeah yeah oh totally totally i think that that's a, a a circle which is the investment firms don't trust the audiences. And if they, in the times where producers and production companies have trusted audiences, sometimes they get let down Uh, pointing to speed racer as an, as an example of that, where, you know, Warner brothers throws all this money at the Wachowskis and that was a crazy expensive movie for them to make. And it bombs because people didn't understand what they were looking at. Now I think that people have, some people have warmed back up to Speed Racer and mm. they've just caught up. If to they were to release 
something like Speed Racer today, how do you think it would do? They wouldn't. That's the that's yeah. the thing. Or yeah. it would get created as like a three part mini series on like HBO Max, and it would get buried under a million other shows. Yeah. Yeah. Love streaming. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. Legitimately. Like. Um. So I'm curious. I don't know if you guys know this, and I'm sure we can look it up on Google. But does so like you have like something like Studio Ghibli, right? Studio Ghibli is I can imagine they're very uh, obviously they're very successful. They're very popular. They're not obviously as big as like something like Disney, right? Here in America. But I'm wondering, is there like a, I mean, the international market for anime and for um, does the Disneyfication of everything legitimately help their pocketbooks and like all around the world or would like an anime style work better in like international market as opposed to a Disney style in international market. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I mean, I'm sure I could look at, I mean, Google right there. I'm sure I could figure that out, but like, are you asking if Disney would embrace an anime style in order to try and get more sales? No, I'm overseas? asking if, if like, if legit, if it's, if it's like proven that like a more westernized Disney style of animation is more like successful Disney... internationally, no, if it's more successful internationally than a, than like uh, an anime style than like a Studio Ghibli thing, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm just curious about that. I I, I don't know, but I, I'm I I do agree that that's probably you know that's why they change the animation style and everything. But I'm very curious if there's like any like hard data for that because i would be curious too as to why they would change up an animation style so drastically to appeal to an international market or unless they're just doing the westernification of everything and just you know assuming that that's what we that's what the world wants you know what i'm saying yeah i I mean it's it's hard to pinpoint so i have it i have it pulled up here so highest grossing animated films of all time um your top 10 all disney oh yeah it's all disney the number one is the lion king 2019 which uh first off is like i hate that that movie gets called live action when really it's just it's another animated movie it's still animated one thing yeah number one it's It's 1.6 billion but one thing, you know, like that that movie specifically, like it didn't work, obviously, because it was live action and it was just a, re- you know, but like what they accomplished with it as far as the the engines oh, the, that they the were technology using. It's incredible. Just is amazing. So amazing. I could not believe it. No. But still, I, but like horrible movie. Yeah, it was <laughs> incredible and it was all for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh but when I when I look at this yeah, list right of here. worldwide highest grossing animated movies of all time, I don't see a single no. Of course not. International. The highest one I see is number tw- 26 is uh Nija, the okay. uh, Chinese um film. Yeah, it's, um I wasn't expecting like Triplets of Belleville to be number 4. <laughs> you know. Let's see. Yeah, every everything is either Dreamworks, Pixar or illumination or disney on this list except right. for nisha which i mean because they say all... they can't pay their artists exactly right mm-hmm. the, the main reason why that's the case is because these studios have like bajillion dollars to back like you know and to release this worldwide to market this worldwide and everything like studio ghibli can't do that you know they haven't they really compete with that it's like so hard just to get a u.s release on these things 
That's true. But it's even interesting to see how some of the movies kind of get homogenized within their own trilogies or within their own franchises. Like that first Madagascar movie, the they are so blocky. But oh, as yeah. the movie, the, I think in the next movie, they kind of softened the, the corners on the characters a little bit. Um, so it is kind of they're doing that same thing, which is we want to kind of we want this to not be so unique that we might alienate people who may not love this look. So, um, yeah, everything kind of looks like, you know, everything looks like Anna and Elsa now. It's can like, we, can I tell you guys a story about, do you guys know Chris Sanders? Chris Sanders is the creator of oh, yeah. uh, Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Um, so I got to we I got to know him for a little bit. I got to work with, I was really young. I was still in like my, I think I was like 20. Um, this was last year. had come back to Disney. He fired a bunch of people. Um, he Chris Andrews was one of those people. So while this was going on, he was working on his project. Chris Andrews was working on a story called American Dog at Disney. This was his creation. He designed everything. He wrote everything. They were in the middle of production. Um, Lasseter comes in, gets rid of him, s- s- keeps the project. So he doesn't even get to take the project with him. Of course. So Disney owns this. So um, in the middle of this, he comes to us. I was working at a toy company because he wanted to do a line of toys with us, uh, which we did, which was super cool. He was the nicest guy. I always think if you guys don't, if you don't know what he looks like, think of like if Iggy Pop was healthy and didn't do drugs. Um, <laughs> that's what Chris Sanders looked like. He's such a sweetheart. Anyway, as you guys know, he ends up going to DreamWorks, which is really funny and made maybe one of the greatest animated trilogies of all time, How to Train Your Dragon. Yes. Um, Boohoo, Disney, you missed out on that. Also, just to go back to American Dog, um, you probably never heard of that title, but you did heard of what Disney did to it. Um, that movie ended up becoming the movie Bolt. Um, so oh. Oh. remember that movie? That was originally Chris Andrews' movie um, that Disney stole from him and completely redesigned. That's um, a bummer, man. That's a so, bummer. Yeah, Chris Andrews is great. Story. He's incredible. But yeah, he has a very... Um, a very specific design sensibility and it's just no sharp corners if you look at lilo and stitch if you look at look at stitch and then look at um toothless and they have basically the same like oh yeah design. Mm-hmm. um I definitely yeah. yeah absolutely even like even if there's like a camera in somebody's hand all the corners are like rounded off um it's so simple but it's like um his his curves are incredible Absolutely. I don't even think Toothless's fangs are sharp. No, they're not. They're very curved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about the the last biggest one that came out recently. uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Um, (laughs) So uh, let's let's, let's go around the table here. Christian, what are your thoughts on Mutant Mayhem? I'm not really into turtles, so we can... I'm going to pass. I'm just kidding. I'm obsessed with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) Um, So... I, as a diehard, I, I mentioned earlier that I found something very distracting. Every time I watch that movie, it pulls me right out of the movie. Um, it's the score. Um, Trent Reznor, Atticus really? Ross, score of the fucking year for me. Absolutely. Like, it's just like the hard synth. It's like, it's oh, like, and that you love it. Like, yeah, I love it. Oh, I thought you were saying that you like hated no, it. No, I can't. Because I'm, I'm like, obsessed I, with it. Yeah, I just want to mute so everybody. Good. I'm like, Raph, mm-hmm. shut up. I want to hear this. Um, th- the first time I saw it, I I, I was like, oh, oh my God. I turned <laughs> up to next to me just to look because I felt a shadow. There was a mother with her like little three-year-old, and she was like, ah, like looking back at me. We we're like, <laughs> yeah, it was God. 
the score in that is so perfect and there's something like just like because of like the use of synth it has this like 80s 90s feel to it um there's almost like this kind of stranger things twin peaks kind of vibe to it who also did music for twin peaks uh trent reznor um which is really funny because he's a but um as a fan of ninja turtles i have uh some issues with it i wasn't a big fan of the the visual design of everything um they did the ugly Nickelodeon character design thing that they do. The turtles looked fine. I loved a lot of the mutants off the wall. But the humans were so ugly. Like the humans did look really wonky. Like on mm-hmm. purpose. I think I like what was her name? Maya Rudolph's character. She just was just neck. Oh, like, um, oh yeah. uh, what's her name? Vanessa Utrom. Utrom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, her design was kind of fun. Um, the voice acting, Jackie Chan and Ice Cube steal the movie for me. Um, really, of the oh, turtles, wow. I loved Leo and Donatello the best. Um, I, Michelangelo kind of was. I was. Kind of, I'm like, oh man, he was always my favorite, and he was kind of bored. The animation is gorgeous. Uh, yeah. Of course, the animation is gorgeous. The lighting is gorgeous. Um, the character designs, oof. Uh, but still, um, it's still like it was a lot of fun as a turtle fan. They did some crazy stuff. Uh, yes. Crazy stuff that I don't know that I like. But here's the oh, thing. I want to I want to hear an example because I, I love the turtles. So I want to hear like yeah. what's something that you did not like. I, so here's the thing. The, the turtles, I think, are, are kind of like Batman in a way. Like you can just take it. And as long as you have the core elements of this, throw it up against the fucking wall mm-hmm. and they'll they'll take it. You know, right. but like if you don't have all those core elements, then like where are we going? So like some of those core elements to me were always like the fact of like how they learn their their okay yeah this that's this is literally the one thing where i was like yeah okay and yeah yeah but then that like subtracts now shredder that like the whole thing with like um the uh hamato yoshi and yeah the the, hamato yoshi orokusaki like backstory whether you want to do reincarnation whether you want to do you know where he gets mutated into a rat, like you right. kind of have to have that established. And so when they do set up Shredder in the like post credits, it's like it's gonna be something super new. It's like so. okay, so like he's just gonna show up, which I'm yeah. cool with. You know, right. kind of to go back to the uh, across the Spider Verse comment, which is like comic book fans, we need to kind of like you yeah, know, yeah, take a beat. Um, and I name myself as one of those when it comes to. Spider-Man, Batman, and the Turtles. Those are the three where I'm like, okay, I have to kind of just like relax a little bit. Um, so like I'm I'm super with I think of all of those things, because I love all of those things too. I think the turtles is where like I'm most welcoming of like the wildest swings. Cause there's yeah, like, and you kind of have to because yeah. there's like the image series had its <laughs> own thing, you right. had IDW had its own backstory, every right animated series has its own uh did you ever read the image series that's the one where it was like real dark. it was crazy yeah or like i, I think I know. donatello like falls out of like an airplane and dies like he like shell explodes <laughs> it was this oh! where he gets struck down and then he becomes like uh like he's operating a robotic raft or donatello that's it's all this whole stuff this whole thing with yeah Casey. and then uh yeah Ra- uh Raphael becomes the shredder by the end of it like yeah. dude the image yeah. one is gnarly it's they don't consider <laughs> crazy. it crazy it's not the last Ronin was gnarly um, yeah no but, no no yeah yeah that's the thing about the turtles though like since it's incarnation like it's always been comics com like movies cartoons right like there's always been like three iterations since it's like the mm-hmm. beginning 
You know what I mean? So I'm cool with it. The other big thing for me was the ending was like, cause like it's always there in the, they're in the shadows, right? That's the ultimate tragedy of the turtles. And like, it was a really satisfying ending, but now you've kind of taken away like the big pull of like, like the, you know, the tragic story of them, like they, they're right. protecting they're the people that are like, yeah, that'll never accept them. And mm-hmm. now that they're accepted also now that they're accepted, why are they still living in the sewers? You know what I mean? Like, very cozy. They don't like, have money. <laughs> yeah, they don't have money. I like. I, I can't imagine them in high school. Like, hey, Leo, we're we're buddies and everything, but I couldn't help but notice you smell a little like doo doo. Um, he's like, I oh, think, sorry, I, I, I live I, in a sewer. I think that it might be kind of like where we are culturally, right? And how that connects thematically to the turtles, which is the outcasts being accepted by society, and they're like, just because you're different doesn't mean that you can't be accepted, right? And so I think that whereas us like i don't know if he calls like old turtle heads right where it's like (laughs) um you know that that is like such a key part of their characters um seems to be kind of getting removed because out of the shadows did that too right Mm -hmm. where the whole concept is that hear me out though no i can't i can't hear you out on that i can't april o'neill though not even worth it. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> um, I had to try. Not even worth it. So, but yeah, so uh yeah, I, I do I do agree with you because it does kind of it makes you say, okay, where next? And I almost feel like by the end of a of a second movie, something's going to happen where society turns on the turtles yeah so now they're back in the sewer exactly mm-hmm. I, it, like i i know that that's coming by the way also just to shout out because you brought up batman also i don't know if you guys saw a uh, ninja turtles versus uh batman or batman versus tmat yeah. Yeah. dma thing um my buddy jake uh is the director of that movie oh that's cool um, love jake he's working on x-men 97 right now too um nice. i've known jake for a long time he was actually an old student of mine back in like 2007 2008 uh, but yeah, um, that is still sitting at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So good job, Jake. Um, but Batman also, and Ninja like, Turtles? Yeah, it's crazy. It's rad. It yeah, sounds it's really good. like it doesn't make sense. And he did it because it feels so Batman and it still feels so Ninja Turtles <laughs> and it works. And I don't know how he did it. Yeah. Um, but the choreography in there, like he's he does fight choreography so well. He storyboarded everything as well um, as directing too. Uh, which is well, a lot of the stuff. So I don't want to say everything. I don't think he did everything. He couldn't have done everything. But um, yeah, Jake, Jake Castorino, uh, an awesome movie. But, Very cool. Um, Brandon, do you have anything to add to the Ninja Turtles? I don't. No, you could. Sky, uh, did you you checked out Mutant Mayhem? What do you think? Yeah, I did. Um, so I haven't been as familiar with the turtle lore um, as some other people. <laughs> uh, but I kind of see where everyone's coming from there. I I was mostly like enthralled by the animation techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some things in there that I remember thinking, like I don't know how to do that. Um, like clearly using like very enmeshed pipelines with 3d and 2d elements and um warping the 3d in a way that yeah it looked drawn almost like a invader zim look Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um 
And I guess maybe that could be done with a screen space transformations or something. Um, but that would be really hard to nail. And I was really impressed with that. Also, the like sketchy lines, the painterly lighting was really cool. Um, and just the general like uh, asymmetry of it all was really interesting. Um, I did think it was kind of busy sometimes. Mm, yes. Like, it was really cool, but sometimes it was kind of hard to, like, figure out, like, what I was supposed to focus on as a viewer. Um, and some of the colors in some of the shots uh, were also, like, a little busy. Mm. I also um, feel like sometimes they blended into the environments a little too much as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially Superfly, because I felt like he kind of was, I feel like in whether it was his lair or the, especially the bowling alley, I feel like he kind of, there was a lot of blues in both of those places and he kind of blended into the background a little bit. Yeah, I, I think I think one of the issues might have been like, the backgrounds were so intricate a lot of the time that the silhouettes of the characters sometimes were hard to like pick right, apart. To read, right. And because they're so rough and sketched that like you don't have like a clean line to really like decipher, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but the soundtrack like blew my mind. Yeah, um, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I've i done music production for a while. I love synth music. That's mm -hmm. my thing. I It was so good. Um, and I loved how dark and like kind of gritty it was. That was that was nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Go can, ahead. Before we move on, can we talk about Arcane? Because I we, we have if we're talking animation, we got to talk about Arcane. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about. Uh, oh, okay, we'll talk okay. about Arcane in a minute. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I felt the same way about Ninja Turtles as you guys did. I I really really enjoyed it, but I did I did uh, we're watching it in theaters. Like it was one of those things where it was like there was a lot going on for me. Like I honestly didn't remember like the last like battle right like the last like big battle because there seemed to be a lot going on and before watching the movie i had listened to an interview with uh some of the direct a couple of the directors and they were talking about how you know to really focus on like the backgrounds because the backgrounds a lot of them are they're finished but they're not completely finished like it looks like a you know their idea was like a teenager made this movie so like you have all the weird lines and the weird shapes and the you know even a lot of the skylines and stuff aren't even completed it, they look like sketches in a way um so like i was trying to capture everything you know and find everything that like you had the music you had the action you had the different uh character designs you had everything kind of going on at once and um you know i just couldn't really focus on one thing you know i wanted to focus on everything but it was so hard because there's a lot going on um but watching it again uh when it came to to streaming uh, i was able to focus on all those little all the things that i missed and as a whole it works it still flows really well i have a problem with some of the character designs too it is a little bit nickelodeon that weird you know they even say a line in the movie about you look like arnold or something like that <laughs> like or something it was something along the lines of like hey arnold or something like that um 
but overall i thought it was good the, the score like you said the music and the score is incredible in the movie the animation is beautiful like it's beautifully done beautifully rendered um and the whole thing it, it again it, it looks messy right like it feels messy it feels it feels incomplete in a way but a little bit too complete at the same time right it just feels like there's too much but also too little at the same time which is really really cool kind of balance to have uh and i know you liked it yes yeah what did you think about it in general so a little bit of pretense i did i grew up watching the 2012 series and that weird 2007 movie yeah yeah but uh, the cgi one yeah which i i kind of like yeah i like that yeah one. that's good I really like the anime references in it. Yeah. The Attack on Titan, Gojo Staker from Jujutsu Kaisen on Donnie's Oh, this one, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're teenagers. Yeah. Like your age. Yeah, they really brought them into like this modern day and made them feel like actual teenagers. Yeah. Instead of being like, sorry for this bad fun, but like shelled off in a way. Shelled off. Yeah. What kind and of we- uh, cell phone plan do you think they had? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they get they, service down in the sewer. They buy, oh, they buy burners at Walmart, like for this, like one time use. <laughs> the go phones. Um, yeah, they buy them. I mean, we did deal with they 30... steal them. They dig exactly. right. They do the bastards. Them. They borrow them. We did deal with thirty years of like raft sounding like crime doesn't take a, a break. You did remember, like you know what I mean? Like oh, that's a that's a teenager. Yep. Yeah. You know. Uh, but like it's, I did like that. I really like that, and I think actually my favorite voice was Donnie's. Like he was the youngest sounding one, yeah, uh, and he felt so genuine and so real. Like absolutely, something weird going into the next one will be there in Shredder's dynamic, like especially in the fights because, like their training in the 2012 series was extensive and vast, and they yeah. got like good training. And even those turtles had a very hard time fighting Shredder. Absolutely. No, 100%. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, we all agree that that's, that's a good one. So, talk about Arcane real quick. Y'all want to talk? I, haven't, I honestly haven't watched Arcane yet. Me neither. I haven't had the chance to. Oh, do yourself um, a favor. You're, I promise you. Sky, do you watch Arcane? I, yeah, I've, I've seen it like three times. Okay. Same. Okay. So, Talk about it a little bit. Like what? 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 Uh, I, I'm curious. I've seen some of it. What, what? What about it is like you know the next level of animation? Like what? What? What brings it to the next, um, to the next level? Well, for me, I felt similar, a similar way as when I watched Spider Verse the first time. Um, what was fun with Arcane was, in my mind, it's one of the best video game to like film right pieces um, watch it yeah and and i i think it seems like in hollywood at least a lot of times video game movies like don't get taken seriously right um and that was really cool but and right there, uh, on top of that record, like the storytelling the color the like every single frame, you could pause and you could print that out and put it on your wall. Like just really incredible. And and the the techniques they used were amazing. So many different techniques, um, like things that you do in Nuke, compositing wise, like three D um, uh, layering, and then 
rotoscoping on top of things and using 3D elements. And like every every shot was like an innovation at the studio. Like mm. every every single shot and, and so gorgeous. I I love watching it every time. Yeah. That that show has no business being that good. Like I think there there's a I think two huge things, right? That like is just an example of why this is so good. A, this released the same year that Marvel Studios released their first animated show as well. Nobody oh, fucking yeah. remembers that thing. Do you know what, what I mean? If, yeah. Um, right, I don't like, remember that. What was like, the animated show? What if? What if? Exactly. Oh, right. yeah. Nobody oh, talks about I remember that, that now. What like, if it was good? I don't know. Exactly. Like, it was, if you were a fan of animation and you watch it, it's that disappointing. Like, no offense. Like, you know what I mean? It's just that, it's that typical Western anim 3d right. animation for tv like it, it looks like it. it's just a little bit nicer and a little bit more polished so what what fortiche did with like with this it's this is a clear labor of love first of all this was a seven-year project to do one season of animation right that's more times yeah this is what i'm saying like this is a real labor of love like this is people who took pride in their work who were like like this is also like they were given a lot of freedom on, on like the story and a lot of the design. Like if you guys don't know, like like this this is not like the the lore from the sh like the game doesn't have like this deep lore that like Arcane was giving. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool for them to kind of pull this stuff. There was so much I cried episode three. I cried like a baby. Um, and I was so beautiful so so beautiful and i can't even think about it right now because it makes me like emotional um like what incredible storytelling um it, on every level the writing the other thing that i think is like a huge example of why i think this is so amazing if anybody if you know me i fucking hate imagine dragons i fucking love that song <laughs> That's how much that I song is amazing. That song is a banger. What song is that? Yeah, it is. Um, what is it? The um, enemy. Oh yeah, <laughs> the enemy song. My enemy. Oh oh. Also, oh, those God, voice actors opening. really like hit it out of the park. Yeah, that performance um, was so incredible. I, Did you guys the same voice actors from the game? Uh, that's a good question. I don't I actually don't, know. I don't think so. Um, no, because video is one done of in the is... arcane style. Oh, oh my yeah, god! Is. Yeah, I know because Vi is. Um, oh my god, what's her name? She's uh, Haley in the Marvel Steinfeld. universe. Haley Steinfeld. Thank you. Um, which is crazy. She's part of both across the Spider Verse and Arcane because she does voice for like Gwen and she does Vi, which is crazy. Both buzz hair, Buzz, both. Never mind. I can't say it. So both like extremely queer vibes too. Yeah. Uh, it's it's such i i just really again if you're a fan of animation and you haven't seen arcane do yourself a favor like i would i wouldn't even i mean it's gonna hard it's gonna be hard not to binge um but if you can just savor it like whoa man what a ride honestly yeah it's, i don't know i don't know that... how much time we we have left sorry sorry to to cut you off sky go, go ahead well i was just saying like that finale is worth it Ugh. <laughs> I want to. I'm gonna watch it. Again. What okay. are we gonna say, Brandon? Um. Well, first off, I do want to watch it because I I played the game all through college, 
Um, and I was always like, man, these characters feel like they have like a really cool backstory and they'll like talk to each other in game sometimes if you get the right matchups and stuff. Um, so anyway, like Piltover, I've always been like, it's cool, like steampunk world and stuff. So anyway, um, but I, I know we're probably running out of time here. Um, but you mentioning Haley Steinfeld being in this movie and also in, in, in across the Spider-Verse and into the Spider-Verse brings me to a thought that i was sharing with my wife so we have a dvd player in our car and our oh, girls yeah. just like it doesn't yeah. matter if we're driving to the grocery store or if we're driving you know to another state like they're gonna watch a movie like my kids are always watching disney movies in the car and um we were watching little mermaid or the girls were watching little mermaid mm-hmm. and you know ursula is talking and i turned to my wife and i was like it's so frustrating that um like hollywood stopped using voice actors in in feature yes. animated films and went to just like regular actors um to get the name recognition and it's sad because like like robin williams is the is his genie is what kind of broke the dam there mm-hmm. um and you know that's no fault of his aside from the fact that like he just kills it as the genie one of the best voice acting performances yeah. like ever just super iconic um, but it it does make me sad when I li- watch some of these older animated movies, and and sometimes you get like a, a performance that feels like super inspired in terms of voice acting. Um, and maybe this is a conversation for like a different episode. But um, yeah, I just have like it, it makes me you know if, if we're talking about animation, it does make me a little bit sad that we've moved to we've moved away from voice actors to focus more on like a list, like Chris Platt, Chris Pratt playing yeah. Mario. Um, I instead of like yeah, when we actually, but actually overall. have the voice actor for Mario who could have done it. Yeah. But instead we can get more of a draw with Chris Pratt. So let's just have him do it. Like I would have been amazing. I, I get, I get the argument, but I don't know about the Mario specifically because I, I don't know that I could take an hour and have a let's go. Maybe I need a Chris Pratt. I, I think that they could have like to- toned it down for the actual movie, right? Um, because I mean, he still was kind of like I don't think that Chris Pratt did a bad job. I went into it expecting the worst, right? But so I was like, oh, this is actually this is actually pretty solid. Um. But yeah, I just when I when I'm listening to like Ursula, right, when I'm, when we were listening and her voice is so like it's so pitch perfect for that character that um, I, I I think to myself and when I hear Melissa McCarthy's voice as, as mm. Ursula, it's not even like no. it's it's like on it's on the right path, but it's just not there. Um, and that's because voice actors just are doing a whole different thing. Yep. Um, so we should do a voice acting. Like, uh, let's talk about voice actors. You know what? Podcast. I just, I just decided that this is part one of two. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Possibly I'm not more. even joking. The sequel. Um, talk about it. Yeah. No, I really think. Um. Yeah. Certainly, we should probably. 
uh, stop there. And if uh, we can definitely continue the conversation next week, if everyone is is available and down, same time, same place, um, we'll be here and we'll um, we'll 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 talk about that if you guys are interested in that. Um, I'll text my friend, my friends Laura Bailey and um, Sam Regal to see if they want to. You know, my buddies, um, critical role. No big deal. Do it. Do uh, it. No. I'm just I'm just kidding. Oh. Disclaimer, I do not know them personally. I was just <laughs> um, but no, that was a really, really fun episode. Um before we go, did you guys have any closing thoughts on this kind of specific thing that we, we've been talking about? Um um before we you know we will do we will do i i do feel like there's still a lot more to talk about in just animation realm in general and the world of animation voice acting all that stuff that we can really really dive into um so we'll save that for another episode but did you guys have any closing thoughts for today's episode um i think if i had any final thoughts it would be um i talk about this kind of thing on my show all the time which is to go challenge yourself um and uh, like I, in my mind, I think like go watch uh, Paprika, go watch Perfect Blue, go watch something that um, not not if you're under the age of 18, but like if you are like I, I wish that more American audiences would view animation outside of these are kids movies made by Disney and Pixar. And mm-hmm. I think about how rich something like pinocchio from last year was oh yeah i think about yeah and i think about like i just mentioned like perfect blue how how like deep and um like confusing and like perfect of a movie that is it's like i i my i guess my final thought would be go find an animated movie that feels like a stretch for you and go go check that out and try and view animation not as a genre, but as as we were saying, a medium. It's a way to tell a story. It's not the genre of storytelling. Right. Exactly. No, 100%. Uh, Sky, what about you? Um, yeah, I would echo that. And on top of that, well, this is my whole world, pretty much. Um, mm. If doesn't matter how old you are. If you feel compelled to, go try some things out like yeah. try it yourself um and even if you don't like your own results you'll gain a little appreciation for the artists um laboring away to tell mm-hmm. a story absolutely and i i agree you know i think um to me animation's always been a medium as opposed to a genre like i've never like, you know, saw an animated thing and I'm like, I, I've always just like associated just a new way to a different way to tell the story. It's not live action. It's animated. Um, and I think that's I think that's a really, really cool way to look at it, like as a medium, as opposed to a genre, because um, there's so much stuff you can do. You can do everything with animation. You can do a live action like it's it's incredible. It's insane. It's it's crazy. And yeah, go watch all the movies that, you know, you go watch stuff you've never seen. Go challenge yourself. And I really love that brandon that's incredible um that's certainly my my takeaway as well uh christian what about you uh i think just to echo everything you guys are talking about i think here in the west um even if it's a medium or if if it's a genre whatever it is the majority of people look at it as something for kids 
you know um the art in general like comic books too it's something that's like you know oh that's for kids um this is something for the, a long time for decades japan has been like very open to you know like this is very viable entertainment both manga and anime for adults anime you know? has kid specific stuff and it has adult specific stuff so don't ever say that it's just yeah. for yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. So like if if you know if if we can be more open minded here in the West and like look at at things um you know not just for kids, like you know, like again and for things to exist like across the spider-verse that transcend things like that, things like arcane, um, that can transcend our expectations and still make an awesome thing like Puss in Boots, all with this yeah. new wave of animation, you know, for like again, animation can be for everybody. And just like Sky was saying, you know, if you've if there's a little bit of you that's ever been like curious about it, uh, and you just think this stuff is impossible because it looks like it looks impossible, it's not. You gotta start somewhere, right? And yeah. if you want it, like don't doubt yourself, just give it a shot. Pick up a pencil, draw something, draw draw your buddy sitting next to you, you know? Like absolutely. 100 percent What about you, Elijah? You have anything to say? One piece this past year has had the ba- best impact frames I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. 100%. That's true, actually. Nice. See, there you go. So, and the yeah, best uh, little you Easter know, eggs, too. Yeah, no, I completely get that. So, um, well, thank you all for joining us. Thank you all for checking out the show. Um, Brandon, uh, the Cinemas podcast, they could find it uh, wherever they listen to their favorite podcast, correct? Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us, the Cinemas podcast. We're also on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Um, yeah, new episodes every Monday. We talk about generally a new movie every week, or we do kind of top 10 lists, or uh, we like to do fantasy drafts too. Um, so we do a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's an awesome podcast, and um, I enjoy listening to it. I haven't listened to the newest episode yet because I haven't watched the movie yet. I don't want to be spoiled. But yeah, yeah, we just dropped uh, yeah. Killers of the Flower Moon today. Yeah. So Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Sky, you have anything you want to plug, you want to put out there? Um. Yeah, I guess you can find me on Instagram, uh, mesmer, M-Z-M-R dot C-G. Uh, that's probably the easiest place right now. Okay. I've been teaching mostly for a year. No, it's understandable. It, it it happens. No. Well, thank you for joining us. And Christian, um, they can find you everywhere. Christian Nicorda, uh, Instagram. Uh, do you still have Twitter? Are you still on Twitter, X, whatever? I haven't been active on Twitter since m- maybe the uh, 20-something election. I don't even remember. <laughs> um, yeah, no. You, you can find me there. You're not going to see anything, though. But yeah, no. inst- Instagram, uh, TikTok, Facebook. Um, all of those those fun things you can find me first and last cool and yeah you can find me on all those as well uh kevin underscore hoskinson or kevin hoskinson on facebook twitter instagram um linkedin if you really want to um whatever <laughs> whatever wherever you want to find me please um yeah come check it out um thank you all for listening thank you all for checking out the show um and as always stay nerdy america bye-bye <laughs> <laughs>